Payments Podcast from Bottomline Technologies. Greetings. Welcome to the Payments Podcast. My name is John Gaffney. I'll be your host for this latest episode in our series that covers the business payment trends worth watching in 2024. This particular episode will cover trends in North American commercial banking, which we expect to be a very dynamic sector in the upcoming year. And maybe not for the reasons you expect. Yes, economic pressures will be on everyone's mind in the payments and banking industry. But commercial banks will see different pressures brought to bear next year, which our special guests will get to in just a minute. By way of background, commercial banking makes up 37% of all banking revenue in the U.S., according to McKinsey. And according to the St. Louis Fed, it has been a pretty good year in 2023. Net income for the 4,600 FDIC-insured commercial banks totaled $79 billion in the first calendar quarter of 2023. That's the latest available data. And that's a 16% increase from the fourth quarter of 2022. All good, but as we know in the banking business and in business payments specifically, you're as good as your next quarter and even your next year. What will be the dynamics that drive the changes in commercial banking next year? Joining us today to discuss those changes is Bottomline Chief Revenue Officer for North American Banking, Kevin Pettit. Kevin has been at Bottomline for more than 14 years after several senior management roles in the fintech and healthcare IT businesses. His experiences include strategic account management, acquisition, integration, globalization, business model transformation, and Six Sigma process improvement. In fact, Kevin was director of one of the GE companies that made Six Sigma what it is. So welcome, Kevin. Thank you, John. It's uh, it's great to be here today. I'm excited to uh, spend the next few minutes with you to share some of my insights and just uh, catch up in general. Yes. Yes. I'm looking forward to it as well. So we have a lot to cover. Um Commercial banking business for 2024 is going to be quite exciting next year. I know at the top of the list for you is the expansion of multi-bank relationships and the resulting priority of owning the primary banking relationship. So tell us why you see that trending and why so many companies are in double digits when it comes to banking relationships and why the primary relationship is so important. Well, John, given the recent industry instability resulting uh, in bank failures earlier this year, we are beginning to see this trend accelerate, actually. In an earlier article, I quoted a Deloitte report stating that 33% of companies with a billion or more in annual revenues have banking relationships with 10 or more financial institutions. What we are beginning to see is small to mid-sized businesses are also following suit. And they're doing so to reduce risk and minimize operational disruptions that could occur during periods of bank instability. Ultimately, banks who can provide better cash visibility to their business customers across their business customers' multi-bank relationships will be well positioned to share to win the largest share of customers' wallet. The bank who owns the primary operating account with the business customer is the bank that the business customer will consolidate the majority of their services with, creating the greatest revenue opportunity for the bank. So establishing this importance of primary relationships, how would you counsel banks that are looking for strategies to achieve it? Well, John, given the trends we are seeing in the market, specifically recent bank instability causing an expansion of multi-bank relationships, even with smaller businesses and the higher interest rate environment, there are two strategies that come to mind. The first being payment monetization. 
What I'm talking about here is for banks to identify a means to create new revenue streams for payments that the businesses are already making. One such approach and one that we are working on could be to clear a portion of the payments volume via a payments network instead of traditional rails. The objective here is to create a new shareable revenue stream without expecting or changing the payment activities that your business customers are already performing. In doing so, the bank has the ability to retain some of the revenue from this monetization while also sharing a portion with their business customers who are making the payments, essentially similar to what you see in card interchange models. Ultimately, businesses are now getting paid to make payments. Just think about that for a minute. The bank is enabling a business to get paid to make payments. This encourages a business to do more payments through their bank partner and strengthens the overall relationship. The second strategy uh, that, that really comes to mind is cash visibility. Multi-bank relationships, as we've discussed, have been the norm for commercial and corporate customers but still expanding across those groups while becoming the norm for small to mid-sized businesses. Although multi-bank relationships reduce the risk for the business, they can also create a headache for the finance teams who have to reconcile cash positions across the multiple banks. Ultimately, the bank who can provide a holistic view of the business's cash position across all banking relationships coupled with meaningful forecasting tools makes the business CFO and finance team's job much easier and becomes well positioned to own the primary relationship. So it's interesting for me to hear you talk about payment modernization because the prevailing thinking, I believe, has been to look at payments as a commodity, but you see it differently. I do. Ultimately, I think we need to recognize that payments are not a commodity, but instead they're an area of focus for innovation and improved monetization. You are right, payments have often been looked at in commercial banking as a commodity as banks have focused on creating unique user experiences by owning the user interface. However, innovation around the payment has been a key strategy in consumer banking for some time, with the rise of digital wallets and person-to-person -person payments being two relevant examples here. What we've said a bottom line for quite some time is that the innovation starts on the consumer side and over time migrates to the commercial side. This still holds true, but we expect this migration to accelerate given current market conditions. Higher interest rates are a decreasing commercial loan demand, so banks need to find alternate means of revenue. In parallel, a 2023 New York Federal Reserve report found that income from payment services brings in 33 to 40% of the combined operating revenue of the 25 largest bank holding companies. Banks can fill the revenue gap from decreased lending by focusing on payment innovation and monetization. We honestly believe that. The Federal Reserve report supports that. Yeah, it certainly does. So let's go to a different report. I was reading the recent IETA report on cash management, which recognized bottom line as a leader in the field. Um, and I, it identified one of the market trends as, quote, digitizing the whole bank rather than just digital platforms. The sentiment there being that digital transformation is a holistic rather than specific approach. You've taken that trend in a bit of a different direction. Can you tell us how? Digitization can reduce bank operating costs in addition to driving differentiation. 
The higher interest rates are, that we are seeing in the market today are reducing commercial loan demand, which is impacting lending, which has typically been a major profit center for the bank. If the economy does slow, banks need to reduce costs while also finding revenue streams to backfill the declining lending revenues. Digitization to reduce manual processes and payment monetization become key strategies for banks. In addition to finding additional revenue streams, banks will need to digitize to reduce operating costs. Areas such as processing lending applications, customer onboarding, migration of check payments to electronic payments, and customer support represent some of the areas that banks can focus digital investment to reduce operating costs in parallel to their investments in creating unique experiences and driving innovation. Huh, well said. Well said. So it's very interesting to me that these strategies don't necessarily require a shift in budget, do they? They require a shift in mindset. You know, for example, data is widely available to banks, but not all of them use it effectively. So how can that be part of a good primary relationship? That's correct. It really does require a shift in mindset. For example, you know, commercial customers continue to expect more from their banks and specifically more from their relationship managers who support them. To be successful in today's market, relationship managers must bring more than just a blend of technical and social skills. Commercial customers are expecting banks to understand their business and to be able to provide meaningful insights and predictive analytics to help the business compete and win as a foundation for building and growing relationships. Relationship managers need to come with solutions that solve real business problems to be successful in today's market, which is an example of a shift in mindset from how relationship management has historically been done. Yeah, it certainly is. So you mentioned differentiation earlier. Um, I want to go to a, a, another report here. Um, the commercial banking report from, report from Deloitte recently noted that commercial bankers see products as a mean of differentiation, but you see partners as a way to do that. Can you talk about that a little? Yeah, I, I believe that partner with fintechs is a means of differentiation. If you step back and think about the concern a few years ago, it was that fintechs would disintermediate the banks and take the high-value services away from the banks, leaving the bank to provide the commodity payment rails. This concern is greatly reduced over the years as banks have learned to partner with fintechs and in doing so accelerate the bank's ability to create new offerings with compelling value propositions, unique customer experiences that ultimately drive differentiation. This strategy will continue and the ability to partner will be a source of strength for the best banks. APIs, fintech ecosystems, around bank offerings and embedded banking are key to delivering on this trend. API ecosystems and personalized UI UX will also continue to be important areas of differentiation for banks. Banks need to create new and unique experiences and value propositions to compete and win in the market. The change that I see is this digital investment will compete with investment in other areas we've talked about today, such as cash visibility, payment monetization, account servicing and onboarding, and migration to electronic payments as banks seek to grow new revenue streams while reducing operating costs given the current business environment. So, Kevin, I would be remiss if we didn't cover real-time payments today. It was the cover star for all 2023 predictions that I read. But how do you see it developing in 2024? You know, I, I think real-time payments will find their way into the holistic payment strategies for banks. 
This is happening. It's going to continue to occur and evolve over time. And, and as we look at 2024, given the current interest rate environment, everything today is about liquidity. Currently, the value of real-time payments as part of a liquidity management strategy is not fully understood, but this is going to change. We were recently asked by a CFO, why would I want to make a payment faster? I want to hold on to these funds as long as possible. It's important for people to understand that speed on its own does not make the value proposition. Real-time payments instead allow you to wait until the absolute last minute and then still make the payment on time. You don't make it faster because you want to pay 10 days early. You make a faster payment because you want to pay it on the last possible day and use that as a liquidity tool. Real-time payments are not a strategy themselves, but instead part of a comprehensive liquidity management capability that businesses can leverage and one that we expect will continue to evolve in today's current environment. Yes, it certainly will. Um, thanks for covering real-time payments. We, we needed to, to do that, and that, that's going to be a wrap uh, for this episode of the Payments Podcast. My guest has been Bottom Line's Chief Revenue Officer for North American Banking, Kevin Pettit. Kevin, thanks for joining us. Thank you. And please join us next time. We're available on Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud podcast platforms. Thanks. See you next time. The Payments Podcast from Bottom Line Technologies.